Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hello, everyone. As per usual, it is wonderful to be back in your earballs. I hope you had a great week. Today's podcast is all about consistency and how to build a consistency muscle for yourself, which is very apropos because as we get to the end of June, I have surpassed the six-month mark of consistently publishing a YouTube video, a podcast episode, and an email every week for six plus straight months. And that for me is no small feat because let me tell you, I am not consistent. (laughs) by nature. If you um, know me in real life, that's just not my jam. I'm kind of there for a bit and then gone for a bit. And that has not served me well, either in my business or in my relationships or in anything that I've really wanted to accomplish in my life. So that's why I'm sharing today from the view of an ADHD coach, but also from the view of somebody who has ADHD and suffers with this a lot, what I have discovered as the secret to getting snizzle done. So first, let's start off with why ADHD people tend to be less consistent than their neurotypical counterparts. And while there's no specific one answer here based on my research, what we do know is that ADHD is defined as a lack of attentional regulation. We all know this, right? And it's because we have interest-driven brains rather than importance-driven brain. And that's what our neurotypical counterparts have. So we may know that something is important and therefore we need to be consistent about it. But unless it's interesting, and I use that word loosely, maybe a better term is compelling, we struggle to regulate our attention on these things and actually follow through. So This isn't because we are trying to be defiant and it is not because we're lazy. It's because our brains aren't willing to bring certain activities into focus long enough to complete them. Add to that our struggles with short-term memory and we often can't remember what it is we wanted to be consistent with half the time. So what's the solution here? Broadly speaking, it comes down to being very selective about the things that you're willing to build consistency around, getting really clear about why it's important and connecting that to something that's compelling to your brain so that basically you're getting your brain on board. It's buying into whatever it is you wanna do and then creating structure and boundaries to follow through. So this is what has been helping me be consistent in ways that I have never been able to be uh, consistent in the past. And like I said, people in my real life have pointed this out to me like, wow, you have been really on this consistent track and all the power to you. So I know it's not just me who is surprised (laughs) I'm able to do this. So without further ado, I'm going to break down in detail what I just mentioned above to create a level of consistency that you can apply to your own life in a very tactical way. So. Number one, this is so important. Pick one thing at a time, guys. I know this is hard because we are divergent thinkers who have interest-driven brains and a crap ton of interest. So it's really hard 
to not want to do all the things all the time. And on top of that, we say yes to too much. We say yes to too much for ourselves and we say yes to other people because we're chronic people pleasers. I talked about this maybe in my last episode in the last three before that. So all of that does not work in our favor because it's not in our nature to narrow down our focus, but it's really super important that we do that. So if you want more support in this area, because I could make this the topic of 16 podcasts, but I recommend reading Essentialism by Greg McEwen and The One Thing by Jay Papazon and Keller. can't remember his first name, but his last name's Keller of Keller and Williams. They wrote The One Thing. And as much as I gristled going through that book, what they say is truth. If you have so many things that you're trying to move forward, but none of them are moving forward, this is why. <laughs> so anyway, moving on, decide what you're going to say no to in order to prioritize your one thing so that you actually have the space and time to build consistency around this one particular thing. So this is actually where most of my clients suffer from self-induced overwhelm. Have you ever dealt with that? <laughs> because they take on too much without thinking about how saying yes will impact their capacity to get things done. Again, we genuinely want to do all the things, but we simply cannot. And when we say yes to everything, we are creating an expectation of ourselves that is physically impossible. We literally cannot commit 26 hours of obligations into a 24-hour day. That's an automatic fail. Let that sink in a little bit. The next one is knowing your why and not just your why, but the why behind your why, meaning you know why it's important, but you also identify the compelling reason behind that importance. So it's not just the why that makes logical sense, but it's the why that will give your interest-driven brain a reason to buy in. It's the emotional why. If you don't have this buy-in, you are setting yourself up to fight with your own biology and neurological wiring, and that is not going to be fun. And that is where consistency gets really hard, and you probably won't win because your brain kind of runs the show. <laughs> the next point is that you got to be clear about what done looks like. And I work with my clients a lot on this one because my clients actually set goals up for themselves and they eventually achieve them, but they've half forgotten that they're going after them and they're charging through life with their inattentiveness and they completely miss that they have passed significant milestones, that they've achieved goals, and they just keep charging and charging forward very often until their body falls apart. <laughs> so let me give you an example of this. Have you ever set a goal to lose weight and Maybe it didn't happen on the timeline you expected it to because losing weight never does. But when you get there, you're 10 pounds lighter, but you're thinking about the next 10 pounds that you have to lose because you're never quite 100% satisfied with the way your body looks or the way your job is or the amount of money in your bank account or the amount of debt that you paid off. So how do you do this? How do you figure out what done looks like? Get very clear on that vision in your mind. Like, what will things look like? What will be different? What will the number on the scale or in your bank account be? What will done look like to you and how will you feel? Because you might actually reach your goal before you think you will. If the goal is to lose 20 pounds and you think that you're going to feel so much better in your body or you're going to feel more energetic, you might lose 
15 pounds and feel those things. So it's very important to get clear on what done looks like and what success looks like. The next thing is being aware of magical thinking. Are your goals reasonable? Can you reach them in a reasonable period of time? Do you have the time, resources, energy, support from other people to achieve these goals in the timeline that you've expected? Do you have the skill set <laughs> to achieve these goals? Here's a great example of me not doing that. I wanted to DIY the drywall in my downstairs that flooded during the great freeze here in Texas because I thought I would save myself a few bucks. I don't know anything about construction, but you know, you watch these Instagram DIY videos and they can make an entire project come to life in 90 seconds and you think, oh, I can do that. <laughs> so I've had to be coached off the wall several times when I thought that I could do something that was just simply magical thinking. So let's say you've identified your one thing and you know your why and the why behind the why and you know what success looks like and you are not being uh, a magical thinker, what next? Now it's time to get super granular and map out all of the steps and tasks that have to be completed in order for you to achieve your goal. And I say granularity with a lot of intention because ambiguity tends to breed procrastination. When we're not quite clear what the next step is, we can start delaying actions, thinking that clarity is somehow going to fall out of the sky and hit us in the head, but that doesn't happen. The reverse actually happens. As we procrastinate and get further and further away from the momentum we had moving towards our goal, the harder it is to get restarted. So being very clear about what needs to be done, both things you need to do and other people, is going to keep that momentum going. And also when it comes to things that you need to depend on others to do, have those conversations so that the expectations of time and delivery are there. So if you're trying to launch a podcast, but you've got a podcast editor who isn't delivering on time, then that's a problem because it is impeding your momentum. So be clear with the people around you that you're relying on, your support system, what you need from them in order for you to keep your momentum going. Now, once you've got that in place and you've got all of your tasks, exactly what you need to do, it's time to start working on your planning skills. And this is almost uh, an entirely different job in and of itself, but it is something that's going to serve you throughout your entire life. I have tons of videos on planning and I've done a few podcasts as well on how to plan your week, your month, your quarter, your year. It is really important that once you know what you need to do, you're blocking time off on your calendar to actually get it done. And when you're thinking about that, when you're blocking the time off in your calendar, make sure it's time that you own. Because if you are trying to squeeze your number one priority into maybe off hours on your job or when the kids are watching TV, you know you're going to be interrupted. You know you don't have complete control over that time. And your priority is always going to end up getting knocked off because you have to adult. So this is when you really need to think about what is the time in my day when I have 100% control over that time? Nobody's going to bug me and nobody's going to interrupt me so I can get my time in on my one priority. And it doesn't have to be the whole day. It can be 30 minutes, it can be an hour, it can be whatever you have time to comfortably do even on the worst days. When the busiest day happens, you can still get up and do the thing. So I do think that this is a really important one. I've talked a lot about planning, 
my most important takeaway here is that you've got to find a system that works for you. Keep it simple. If you are more inclined to work with paper planners, do that. But if you are more of a digital person, just find whatever system works for you that you will check every day. Make sure it has obnoxious notifications so you can continue to be reminded. <laughs> and if you are using paper planners, make sure you've got other outside notifications to remind yourself to come back to your calendar. But if you are not one who generally or routinely looks at your calendar, now is the time because this will remind you to stay consistent. The next step is externalizing accountability. And this is going to look a little bit different for everybody. But for me, I recently put up a reel on my IG page of my ADHD-friendly office setup that has a lot of external accountability in it. So it's got Alexa. It's got a big whiteboard with a calendar on it that every day when I do my one thing, I put an X on that calendar and I never want to have a day where that X is broken. So that's a big accountability for me because I'm a very visual person, but I also have those obnoxious reminders on my alarms and on my calendar. And I also use accountability buddies. I use body doubling. I've talked about this before, but get yourself a group of people that will meet online or in person to work together in silence, but keep each other accountable. Whatever you think is going to work best for you is what you should probably roll with. And don't discount treats too. I'm very good with this. So once I get a project done, like if I record a video, then I'll take a little bit of time to go for a walk or eat some lunch. If I finish my podcast, then I get to spend 15 minutes wasting my time scrolling on Instagram. You got to give yourself little treats, but balance it, obviously. The next thing I would suggest is if you can, take the pressure off of whatever the outcome is supposed to be by letting go. I've got a client who has really big aspirations to do something with her career, but she's so overcome and overwhelmed with what are people going to think? And what if this doesn't work? And I have to go back and get a real job. And what if, what if, what if, what if? And what if I get canceled because cancel culture? And the thing is, she's cancel culturing herself before she's even got out the door because she's so worried about these things. Like she had to take the pressure off in order for her to have enough energy and creativity to move forward. Or the reverse is sometimes often true for those of us with ADHD. We need to put the pressure on. We need to have a deadline and we might procrastinate like crazy up until the last minute and then we get this burst of energy and it works for us. I heard a saying on Instagram the other day, I sound like I spent a lot of time on there, I don't, but this woman said, there's nothing less motivating to me than having enough time to get something done. And I'm like, oh sister, I resonate. I am so, so with you on that one. So maybe you need to take the pressure off or maybe you need to put it on, but do what works for you in that regard. And then the next one is celebrating completion. This comes back to that sense of knowing what done looks like and then taking a moment, <laughs> a long moment to acknowledge when you get there. So often we are over-indexed on the stuff that doesn't get done and our negative stories are way more sticky than our positive ones, guys we have what's called a negative cognitive bias, which is designed to protect us from getting killed in the wilderness. But that's not really a threat for most of us. <laughs> but it does really make the negative things in our life stick in our memory, short term and long term, a lot more than positive things. So you have to be really like intentional about 
looking at the positive things, about looking at the things that you've completed, taking a moment to celebrate it, not only because yay you, but also because you want that to sink into your short-term and long-term memory. Because when you are intentional about making the good things in life marinated in your, your memory, that changes your identity. It turns you into the person that gets things done, that follows through and is consistent with the things that are important to you. And that's the type of person you want to be or else you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, right? And then the last thing, and this is going to roll into some personal uh, examples, is giving yourself a break. I don't know about you, but I have the tendency to create super rigid rules for myself. Uh, and that is not true of other people. I tend to just be flexible with other people, but myself, mm -mm, no slack there. So I was talking to my coach last week about how I was feeling pretty overwhelmed with all of the things that I'm doing between my YouTube channel and the podcast and my coaching practice and a new program that I'm trying to design. I've talked to you guys about this a lot and I've put it off once already because I'm just juggling too much and also because summer's not a great time for my interest list. But if I don't intentionally say no to other things to make this my first priority, it's never going to get done. I'm just going to keep pushing it out because as much as I love you guys that have signed up for the interest list, there's no consequence for me to not do this, right? Nobody's going to like knock on my front door and say, hey, where's that coaching program you promised? <laughs> so it's really up to me to, to move this thing along and I need to get more accountable with myself. And I'm sharing this transparently because I want that extra accountability, but also because we are all like this, right? Here I am, an ADHD coach who apparently has the tools to manage these things, and I struggle with it too. So to that end, I have made a decision, and my decision is to take the month of July off of YouTube so that I can make completing my program my one thing and getting it done. So just to kind of review that decision in the context of everything I've, I've talked about here. I know my why about getting this program done. I've decided to say no to something else so that I'm clear that I have the time, energy, and resources to get this one thing done. I'm also clear about what done looks like. When it's done, I'll have a program to roll out. <laughs> I know I'm not magically thinking because I've got the majority of it drafted out. I really just need to take the time to do the recordings. And recordings take a lot of energy for me because there's a lot to it. So once I have those done, it'll probably be smooth sailing from that point on because the content is designed. So I know I can get it done in a month. And I know that if my next video is coming out August 5th, that I need to get this legwork done before I've promised my YouTube audience that I will be back. I've also got a very like clear task list developed. I'm not relying on anybody else because I know how to get this all done by myself. I've calendared this project out on my schedule. So Tuesdays are video recording days for me. They will now be remaining video recording days for me, but the content's going to be different. It'll be the videos that are going with my program as opposed to my YouTube videos. I've also created accountability, both with you guys and my coach and my husband and my whiteboard. And I am not attached to the outcome of this project. And I am not attaching my worth to it whatsoever, because if I do, then I get panicked and procrastinate. And I am going to pour my heart and soul into it, but it'll be what it'll be. And last but not least, I plan to celebrate when this is done. I don't know what that looks like yet, but y'all, I think it's going to be a day at the spa, a big, fancy, expensive day at the spa. <laughs> 
which is also the well-deserved break that I will get once I'm completed the project. So that is how I've worked my way through this. That is how I've stayed consistent with these deliverables my entire first half of this year. I will tell you that the decision to not post in YouTube for a month was not an easy decision to make. And it's not because there's a million people over there waiting for my videos. I know that's not the case. I was concerned that if I stop doing videos, I will lose momentum. Because here's the thing, consistency is hard, y'all. And it takes a long time to build new neural pathways in your brain that makes these things a no-brainer. But for now, these are the intentional decisions that I'm making and I feel really good about them. So that's what I have for you this week. If you want help with this, it will be basically the meat and potatoes of my Distraction to Action program, where it will walk you through how to get very clear on your one thing and all the things you need to do in order to create boundaries and space and energy to get the thing done. And that will be a standalone program that you can purchase without coaching or you can purchase it in a group coaching context or as a one-on-one because I have gotten so much feedback that this is what most of my clients are struggling with. So I'm excited to get this done. I think it's going to be really, really fun for all of us. And I'm looking forward to launching it. So on that note, guys, if you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for coaching, motivation, structure, then please do check out uh, the link in the show notes for my coaching. I'm still taking one-on-one clients. I've got a few spots left, but not many. And as I reach capacity, I will then be raising my prices because that's just kind of how you do it in the one-on-one space. So jump in now. Anyways, guys, I am going to sign off now. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. And if you have connected with anything that I've talked about, feel free to hop on over to Instagram. My name is Karen McGill, Karen with a C. Go find me there and let me know how this episode resonated with you. Any hoodle guys, thanks so much again for listening and I will talk to you next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.